I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and real talk about real estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Resource, real talk about real estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. Uh, I'm excited about what we're talking about today. We're talking about teams today, which is a little close to home for us because we're we're a real estate team here, obviously. But we have a special guest with us today. Jay, you want to introduce him at all? Yeah, I, I'm really excited, Gabe. I mean, this is, you know, we've we've done a few episodes of Resource thus far, and it's, you know, by and large been, you know, us sharing our opinions or maybe maybe me sharing <laughs> lots of opinions. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I guess that's one thing I don't have to worry about is ever tiring of my own voice. Okay. But no, I'm really excited today. A, a, a colleague, a friend, uh, a client, in fact, um, is going to be joining us today. He's a, a serious team leader from the Philadelphia area, Mr. Tom Tool. Uh, we'll bring Tom in after the break, but I think he's going to have some really unique insights into the proliferation of teams, and most specifically, we teased last episode, the minion model. And to be fair, I really thought that you came up with that minion model idea. Now that I know what it is, I thought it was really clever. But this was Tom's idea. This wasn't your idea, right? Oh, you know, they say the most brilliant of people pull <laughs> from multiple resources to come up with their own content. They also call that plagiarism, but... It's not, I, I, I gave him credit. Okay, that's true. I gave him credit. I would No, seriously, the minion model is is coined by Mr. Tom Tool, and I don't know if he took it from somewhere else. To, it's new to me from him. Yeah. And I felt uh, I felt like it, it made a very significant point with respect to how teams have become the centerpiece of the residential real estate industry. And I thought, who better for them, for our listeners to hear it, hear it directly. Definitely. So we'll leave it to Tom when we get back to tell us about what specifically the minion model is. But there's tons of team models out there, and teams take on all shapes and sizes in real estate. And since it's a relatively new uh, kind of force in the real estate world, I mean, they've been around, but I feel like the talk about teams has really just started to ramp up. I, I think it would be good to talk about how our team formed, because there wasn't always a Jay Pitts and Associates team here within our brokerage. So Jay, when you decided to go to a team, what was the biggest reason for going to team-based instead of individual agent? Leverage. So explain. We talk about leverage all the time. We talk about it all the time. And that's probably because it's one of my favorite words. Okay. No, I, as I see leverage, Gabe, it, it's you can, in business, leverage three things. You can leverage technology. You can leverage with money. And you can leverage with people. And what it's about is delivering a higher quality service. If a piece of technology can help you follow up with your clients more regularly, if a piece of technology can help you manage your task work more effectively, then you gain leverage over those tasks. If, if you can spend money to outsource a particular task and get a greater ROI, your money provides you with leverage to achieve some sort of goal, a better business, a better life. Um, most specifically in this case, to your question, I went to a team model 
because I didn't have enough time. I saw all the opportunity that I was losing because I simply did not have enough hours in a day to be everywhere I needed to be to serve as many clients at as high a level as I knew was possible. That's why I went to a team. Got it. Understand. So when when you were forming this idea, and I know that it was a long process and you wanted to do it right, what kind of things did you know you wanted to avoid when going to a team, I, I guess? So a dip in service. Okay, sure. Okay, which can be a byproduct, and I tease a little bit. We're going to discuss that a little bit more when we get into the minion model later. Um, that's the fear. When you lose control, do you lose opportunity because it's it's mismanaged by the people you bring into your world? So that's important. Um, that that was a fear. Um, and that's pretty much the only fear. I mean, it, there's lots of variations of that point, but that's the point. Sure. Is, is you're afraid that your clients are going to see another person in your absence and view them as less credible or actually them be less credible than the service you would provide. I understand that. Well, and there's another question too. A lot of times there's not, you know, some people come from big brokerages with like a hundred agents, you know, massive companies. We're a particularly small brokerage already. So for some people, they're wondering what's the big difference between us being a real estate team quote, you know, air quotes, or just we're a small brokerage. Anyways, our team would basically be our whole company. So what's the point and what's the difference? Well, no, nobody knows the difference, the consumer anyway, they don't often see the difference and the industry perpetuates that. Frankly, I mean, you have, you have brand heavy companies, you have lightly branded companies, you have mom and pops and big franchise companies and, you know, massively branded independent firms. You have 250 agent franchise companies and you have a husband and wife team, quote unquote, that is the entire brokerage. One of them is the principal broker and the other one is the only agent. So the industry makes it confusing for consumers, mm -hmm. you know. I, I own a team within a brokerage that I own. It doesn't get much more confusing than that. Yeah. Where it makes sense, Gabe, is in the branding, which we're not really going to get into that too much today. But the truth is, yes, I could have branded our entire brokerage as my team. Okay. I could have branded it separately, which I chose to do. Okay. We have great team leaders, great independent agents within Remax Premier Properties. Okay. But then there's JT Pitts and Associates. And what I think you have to do is you have to brand the expectation into the consumer, right? So if a consumer is going to use an independent agent of our brokerage, are they going to get slightly a slightly different experience than if they use JT Pitts and Associates? It's all about the experience and it's all about the consumer. And that's why teams exist is so they can deliver at a higher level for the consumer. Right. I mean, there's obviously a lot of benefits to the consumer to having the team backing up the agent they're working with. But within the team, I guess, the team leader obviously gets a lot of benefits. The leader of the team gets to delegate and, and kind of free their hands of some of the other responsibilities that may fall on their team members. But I mean, there's, there's big benefits to the members of the team themselves too, right? Absolutely. And I would add, ideally, ideally, there are benefits to both. Okay. Not okay. always. I think, I think one would assume, and lots of newer agents, team leaders, um, agents that have yet to get into the industry that are in the process, they observe the team leader. 
you know, the, the, the big figure, right. The, all the brand, like the, the one with their name in lights, they see this and they think it must be amazing to get gasp 50% of everyone else's commissions. (laughs) What they don't see is you have to, you are the one person that is responsible for the experience. You know, you are, you have to deliver the system. You have to deliver the tools. You have to incur the cost. You have to shoulder the responsibility of every team member's success. So when done right, Gabe, and there's a lot of them out there that aren't, sure. but when done right, it's good for the team member. It's good for the team leader. It's good for the consumer and it's good for the brokerage believe it or not. We've talked in previous episodes about how team leaders and broker owners can get adversarial. Yeah, it was in the danger report too. It was in the danger report. And frankly, there's a lot in the danger report about teams. Um, they identify teams as a threat to, to some industry. Why would that be? I mean, why do you think teams would be perceived as a threat to brokerages? I almost don't understand that. Poorly executed teams lower the bar on service. They dilute the service provided by the brokerage, they carry with them a larger percentage of the brokerage, the the larger percentage of the brokerage's production that is encompassed by one decision maker, i.e. the team leader puts the brokerage at risk. The brokerage, you know, ends up negotiating fees down to appease. And then that team leader leaves and it's like, the legs are cut off of everybody else. It could be a problem. And it is a problem in a lot of cases. Okay. But when done right, like I said before, better for the consumer, better for the agent, better for the team leader, better for the broker. Well, speaking of this kind of team that has trouble getting started or maybe never makes it at all, I think Tom is going to shed a lot of light on maybe the most common mistake of high producers that go out to form a team for the first time. When we come back, we're going to talk to him a little bit about that, and he's going to shed some light on it. Stay with us. All right, folks, we're back. As we told you just before the break, we've got a special guest for you today. Uh, the intrepid Mr. Tom Tool has is joining us from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Tom, how you doing? Doing great. Excited to be here. So for all of our listeners, Tom runs a high-powered sales team in the Philadelphia area. This year, they will sell about 260 homes, equating to roughly $80 million in sales volume. Tom is a is a father of three, been married for nine years to his lovely wife, Bridget. Tom and I are uh, part of a similar organization of agents throughout the country uh, that mastermind over best practices in real estate. Uh, Tom has been in real estate since 2001, and uh, his team is ranked, uh, five salespeople ranked among the top 100 within REMAX nationally. Also, you can check out a weekly show that he puts together on his website, a video show called Tom's Take at his website, tomtool.com. That's T-O-M-T-O-O-L-E.com. Tom, thanks, man. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, of course. And anytime, Jay, it's, uh, it's an honor to be talking with you. Awesome, dude. So before the break, Gabe and I kind of went into a little bit of you know, kind of humor based around this, this coin term that I, that, that I got from you, uh, teams and the proliferation of teams nationwide and sp- most specifically the minion models. So why don't you, for the listeners, just kind of tee up what exactly is 
the minion model as you see it. Well, so, so Jay and I both have young kids. So you've probably seen the Despicable Me movies where there's the, the villain at the top, or not necessarily a villain in this case, and then he's got this whole army of people that basically just do the work for him, and he gets all the credit. Uh, so th- that, that kind of sums it up. But when you look at it at, at, from a real estate team perspective, there's typically one agent that was probably successful on their own and couldn't really handle leveling up their business with one person or an assistant. So they hire all these other kind of underlings or minions that'll, that'll do work for their team. But uh, that, that's about it. So they do the things that he doesn't want, he or she, the team lead doesn't want to do. Uh, it doesn't really build their skills. doesn't mentor them to help them grow as agents, as realtors. It's really all about the person at the top. Uh, the right. person at the top probably does all the listing work. The people underneath him or her do all the buyers and all the things that, a lot of younger agents have to handle coming up when they're trying to grow and mature as, as agents in their career. So it, it, it's basically all the stuff you wouldn't want to do, and they just pass that off, and then the, the team lead still takes the credit for everything. So it's it's kind of a, a one-faced organization rather than a team. When you know, I think of teams, I think of teams like the New England Patriots, where there's a guy at the top, but the whole team makes it go. Or right. Even the, the the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they got four superstars on their team, but they play together as a team. It's not about one individual. Sure. So it's kind of the complete opposite of that. Tom Brady can't catch his own passes. Is basically what you're saying. That's right. Exactly. So you know, I think that, I think that's important, Tom. The, the important point you brought up there. You know, I think this is probably constructed with good intentions, right? Constructed with good intentions, but ends up being something that's not exactly not only is it not great for the top team leader because there, there's got to be turnover in this equation but it's also not good for the underling or the minion because they don't build the skills necessary to have a fruitful career long term so why would you go about this if you knew it was kind of a failed a failed strategy from the beginning so so, so the reality is that, that a lot of agents don't have any formal business training uh, that they they failed at something else and they became realtors. I mean that that that's most people. Uh, I didn't go down that path. But Jay, I know, I know you didn't either. But that that's the majority of of the agents that are out there. They failed at something and they got into the business. So they don't really know what to do. And you know, to to me, when when you have a team uh, and and you want to build a team the right way, it's got to work for everybody. It's got to be a win win. A lot of people don't see it that way. They, they, these if you want to call them the villain or the team leader, the minions. They look at it as I you know I'm producing all this business, so you guys are you guys are lucky to be here. You're just going to get the, the kind of the shrapnel that, that that comes off from whatever I'm doing. Versus, it, so those people are gathering rather than what I know I do on our team, and you do the same thing, which is teaching your agents how to hunt and go get business and teach them sure. skills so they can they can sustain their own business and be able to replicate what you've been doing at, at, with with your mentorship, and and that that's really the big difference. So. And there's probably ego that gets in the way. That there's a lot of reasons people go that route. I just don't think they know any better. So it's kind of kind of like almost like a host and a parasite type relationship, rather than going <laughs> back go, going back to sophomore year biology. Here, it's not a symbiotic one, is what you would say. It's not symbiotic. It's more like E. coli. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, uh, Tom, I, I, you know, we've touched on what doesn't work. You know. And we've we've even touched on the fact that this may be the best of intentions. Started out with the best of intentions, just a little misguided. So, let, tell me from your own experience, what is it that makes your team and what you've constructed different than someone who's practicing the minion model? So, when when 
when our team started, I mean, kind of the, the conception of this is uh, my wife and I, we just had, uh, we, had our, we had our son, our oldest, myself, and our, our, I had one assistant at the time who's still with us now. We did 80 transactions, and the both of us were literally working like all the time, and it was insanity. And I'm yeah. sitting there thinking, well, I want to be here for my son. He's like six or seven months old. Uh, I want to be here for my wife. I also don't want to be working all the time, and, and that was, and neither did Wendy, who's our now our ops manager, the assistant. So we, we sat down and said, you know, we, this just isn't working for us, and it's not creating the kind of life that we want. So that's when we decided we're going to grow the business past where it was, and look to bring on people that have the same kind of intentions and ideals. So uh, what ended up happening is, you know, I, I can't ask someone to do something that I wouldn't do or I haven't done. I mean, that's, I, I just don't know that that's the right way to lead somebody. So now obviously you got to put in your time when you're starting a new career, but it was, okay, we want to get you to be as good or potentially better than what I've been able to do. That That's our mission. Um, we're going to transfer the skills that I have. We're going to, and, and, you know, real estate can eat you alive. So, it's very easy for realtors to work seven days a week and not take time off. We didn't want that for our team members. You know, I, we work to have great lives. We don't live to work. And that's something we really adopted. So that, that uh, you know, passing that down and sharing that with everybody and letting them know that's what we're all about. That's not going to be for everybody, but that doesn't mean those people are right for our team. So you have to, you have to really build around the culture of what you want to do and what you're looking for. And the other people on the team are looking for. So it, it was more about a conscious choice that we made because, we didn't like being in that position. Why would we want to put other people in the same position? That's not really the right thing to do. So, Tom, it sounds pretty clear that there's obviously a lot of benefits to forming a team, a good team, uh, because it takes a lot of stress off of you and it kind of unties your hands. But did you have to make any sacrifices? What what kind of things did you have to give up to be a team leader uh, that maybe were good for you when you were an independent agent? So, I, you know, I had a limiting belief when I started that I needed to work with all the clients. That's definitely not the case. I mean, at the beginning, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice short-term to grow long-term, and I'm, I'm clear that's what we've done here. So you know, passing off business that I know I couldn't handle or couldn't really service the client, uh, that was – and finding people that I felt comfortable doing that with, especially when it's like a past client or somebody you know. Right. So that was, that was a big sacrifice I had to make up front. Uh, but what ended up happening is now it's – you know, the exact opposite. They're almost better off, especially the the buyer side. I mean, I've got I've got three kids. My wife works, so we've got a lot going on. So to properly service a buyer in this market, you've literally got to be able to drop everything and go show them houses because that's how fast it's, uh, homes are selling. So I, I would be probably the worst person on my team to work with a buyer, but we have four other agents that show homes seven days a week. They're prepared for that. They're ready to go. They're putting in their time uh, and n- know what they got into. So in fact, now what I thought was I was giving up, we're actually giving to our agents. It's better for them, and they're 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 delivering better service to our clients, which is the ultimate goal. So that that was definitely one thing. The other thing I, I had to kind of give up was uh, uh, you know, was was control a little bit and, and let people take the lead on things. So uh, you know, when when you talk about like leverage, uh, you know, the leverage goes both ways. It works for the team members and it works for the team lead. So. You know, in the past, I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't know, Jay, if you've gone through this, but like I've gone on vacation and lost business because I'm out Absolutely. of I was a single agent, and it's like you think to yourself, "What the heck's going on here?" I'm trying to take a week off out of the whole year, and I'm, I'm worried about this. Now it's, it's the total opposite, where you go out of town, you're able to leverage your team. The team members can leverage you or other members on the team, so again, they can have better lives. And uh, you know, we, we've th- that, that's really where you have to give up a little bit. Is there's plenty of homes to sell. 
mean, the, the amount of business out there, is, is, there's enough for everybody. And once you understand that, you're not thinking about, well, I'm, I'm, I'm losing revenue or I'm losing income. It's, and we're, we're doing more together here and we're going to beat out all the individuals. Well, Tom, Tom, you, you touched on two things that I think are extremely powerful there. And I really appreciate your contribution today. Limiting beliefs and leverage. Now, leverage has been a central theme, you know, of our show here at Resource through our, our first several episodes. But I think you really touched on why leverage is so powerful, which is that it creates value for all involved. It's, it's so far from the minion model. The minion model is someone's ill-advised perception of leverage. Leverage is not about one person taking advantage of another to provide lower than standard customer service, right? Your clients win because they're working with your best agents. Um, you just said you're not the one who's most qualified uniquely to be representing buyers in today's marketplace, but you've been able to grow the skill sets of the people that have joined you. I think that's amazing, man. It's awesome insight. I think the limiting belief is really cool too, because so much of our achievement is stunted by lim limiting beliefs in business and real estate is no different. So I really appreciate you being on the show today, Tom, everybody, please check out everything that Tom has going on. You can find him again at tomtool.com. That's T O M T O O L E.com. Tom, thanks for being in the show, man. We really appreciate it. Anytime, Jane, Gabe, uh, happy to help out you guys and keep crushing it. I've been listening to the podcast. It's been great content. Keep putting it out there. Awesome, brother. We, yeah, we, we definitely, that's, that's what we're after, man. <laughs> Take care. Thanks. All right. So tons of good insight there. I mean, I feel like Tom's got a real good grasp on this. Obviously he's been doing it for a while. And oh, his team crushes it, man. They're, they they're, really do. they're pretty serious business from what I've seen so far. No, so. no joke. Well, and I think it was really important that Tom highlighted issues to avoid and, and things that can make a team, the team model go wrong. But I think it's equally important to talk about what are the things that you can do to make sure that your team is going to be successful. And this isn't even real estate specific, I guess. I mean, any good team has to have a few things, but if we're specifically talking about real estate teams, what are the things that the leader specifically has to do in the formation phase to make sure that the team is going to breed success? That's, that's a great question. The first and foremost, they got to get out of their own way. Okay. You, like Tom said, your limiting beliefs that you've long held that you have to be the best at everything have to, have to not be there. You have to let go of those. The team leaders should not be the best at anything besides leading the team. Right. So I tell our team members here and Gabe, you probably, I was about to bring this up. Probably so. heard this before. Um, I don't want to be the best listing agent. I don't want to be the best negotiator. I don't want to be, not because I don't want to be good at those things, because I want the people that I've brought into this world, the people that have given me their trust to help them build a better life through real estate as a career. I want them to hone their skills so strongly that they put my skills to shame. The one thing that I have to be good at as a leader is being a leader. Sure. Yeah. So the limiting beliefs have to go away immediately and, and they're hard. 
They're hard. I've wrestled with them. It's taken me a long time. But I've also seen people that are not burdened by those limiting beliefs. And it's like their businesses, when they start, they're shot out of a cannon. So there you go. And a lot of that is hiring the right people. And a lot of that happens in recruiting, it sounds like. You get people that you can trust to handle it. But I'm sure there's still a hands-on element, even if you're not the listing agent, the negotiator. I mean, you still have to be overseeing it, right? So how do you how do you keep the boundaries there and make sure that your team members are developing the way you want them to, while still making sure that your business is on the track that you set out for when you decided to go to a team? It's the million-dollar question. And it is literally a million-dollar question <laughs> because teams can generate a million dollars in profit in one location, in one market, and and more if done right. But it's the million-dollar question, Gabe, because the team leader is used to this, this income, this net profit from their business that they've they've built from the ground up, probably as an independent agent, maybe with an assistant or one agent, you know, picking up overflow, et cetera. But when you make a full commitment, full tilt, I'm doing this, you have to, and that, that goes back to limiting beliefs. You have to let go. And that requires a lot of trust, a lot of trust in your team members too. Tons of trust. So how do you do it? So I had the, the, the great fortune to be able to tour Zappos, corporate headquarters a few years ago. Oh, okay. So great company, very interesting, uh, awesome workspace in Las Vegas. It's like the old city hall. Um, really cool space. Tony Shea, I think that's how you pronounce it, is their uh, CEO. And the big message that we got from this, this tour and the whole workplace and environment and the way they operate is hire the job not the person. Interesting. So what's that mean? Okay. So it means that you have to pick the person you have to both. You have to identify first the person capable of excelling in the role. First, you have to define the role. Then you have to find and locate the person who is capable of excelling in the role because of their makeup, because of who they are at their core and what their skills are. And then you have to secure that person in the role then you have to motivate them. You have to inspire them. You have to lead them to the success they're capable of. Sometimes that involves creating a vision of what success looks like that the person may not be able to get past. Even if it's right there, the veil is two inches in front of their face. They can't see beyond the veil. And as a leader, sometimes it's your job to draw that out of people. So if you'll take a moment and realize, Gabe, that this is so much more than the minion model. This is so much more than I have more business than I can do. And you come over here and sit in that chair and, you know, be a parasite on my business that I've created and provide the client with less than par service, Mm -hmm. right? It's about making a better life through real estate as a career. Well, and I feel like not to prop uh, our team up too much, but I feel like that's one thing that's been great on our team not only is there a good team culture, and I think all of us gel really well together, which is important, but there's a very clear understanding that we're not just people that are delegated your responsibilities that you're too busy to take care of. All of us have very important roles to fill, and I think it's what's propelled us to success. And I mean, Absolutely. I'm sure that was your vision all along, but what do you think was the one most important thing? If you had to you know, funnel it down to one thing that is always on your mind when you're thinking about how do I make sure this team is doing more business than I could ever do alone, what's the one thing? Probably transference of skills. You know, like I said, I don't want to be 
the best at everything. I want to not be the best at anything besides leading. But as an independent agent with a maturing business, now, now we go into macro a lot here, economic discussion, trends, et cetera, but the, and I won't get in the weeds, I promise, but the deal is the majority of agents, the average age of agents is, is pretty high. Most agents are in the sunsetting phase of their career by numbers alone. They're getting out at the next downturn which leaves a void to fill from younger agents, which is why you see the danger report emerging and issues like that. But my point is, is to build a business. It requires things of someone. And to be a success requires you to be good at things that you may not be the best at. You have to be serviceable. You have to be credible at certain things. So the point is, I have to get out of my own way And I have to transfer the skills I've developed to a person who is able to grab those, those, that credibility level and take it to mastery. Right. So, you know, if you've worked with our team, you've probably talked to Gabe on the telephone and you would know that the silky smooth voice you hear coming across the airwaves here. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) It comes across on the telephone too. My point is. Somebody who fears the phone can't be the person that does what Gabe does. Can't be the phone dollar. It can't can't be the person that talks to our clients and assures them that we are the best at what we do and places them in the hands of an agent who is uniquely qualified to, to, to usher them effortlessly through the process. And maybe that agent is the person that's not great on the phone. It doesn't mean they don't have a place. They might not be the best at calling people but they might be the sharpest negotiator in the whole room. And Absolutely. so you put them where they fit is I guess what you're saying. So credibility to mastery. So a team leader has probably been at least credible at everything. Yeah. has a basic, has a basic competency level across the board. Yeah. Probably better than basic, slightly better than basic, but not mastery. Sure. Okay. But individuals can master certain tasks. It's hard for any one person to master every part of the process, which is why the advent of teams has at times taken real estate, residential real estate, at least to new heights. I venture to say, and some people will hate me for saying this, that a well-oiled machine, a, you know, primed and ready collective of individuals who are operating at mastery level they deliver a higher level, a higher level experience than any really good, amazing Hall of Fame independent agent ever could. And they probably do it every time. And they do it every single time. And that's where predictability comes in. Absolutely. So, well, that's about all the time we've got for today's show. But I think if you're curious about this, if you're someone that feels a little bit burdened by the amount of work that you're doing and it's time to expand, Tom is an excellent person to watch. You know, definitely see some of the other resources that we're going to put up on our website to go along with this episode. Quick reminder, that's at www.resourcepodcast.net. You're going to find links to Tom's information, links to our information. And if you're curious about us, you can follow us there on the website or you can subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud and we would love to hear your feedback too. So make sure to drop comments and let us know what you think of the show. Well, and one more thing, Gabe, before we let you guys go. Give us your feedback. Follow us. We want we want to know what matters to you. But if you are, as Gabe says, uh, an agent that is considering embarking on this 
you know, these murky waters of team building. We've got a lot of experience. Reach out to us. Any of the channels you can get, you can get right to Gabe. You can get right to myself. We'd love to discuss with you what you can possibly do to make that better. So find us on the website. Find us on any of our social channels. Follow, subscribe, give us your feedback, or ask questions because we're here to help. All right. Well, that's it for today. When we come back next time, we're talking about real estate and the sharing economy. You're not going to want to miss it. This has been Resource Real Talk about real estate. See you next time.